Today we're going to cover seven signs that your marriage won't last. Interesting. Uh, we have, there's some of the obvious ones, poor communication, finances. Yeah, that that's there too. But I think these are the ones that might be spoken of a little less frequently. Okay. And I think they're all important, but we're going to, we're going to see if we can tackle these. These are topics that we've kind of like been able to glean from, um, reading and expanding our knowledge of what it means to um be good players in a marriage right yeah some of it's personal experience some of it's anecdotal things that we've seen other couples go through and, and some of it is not survive right so some read. of it is yeah it's a little bit of everything everything so um so number one lack of trust all right. So when you say lack of trust, um, that can be a lot of things, right? And what does mm-hmm. it mean to not have trust in your marriage? That that can be trust in whether your partner, you feel like your partner has your back, trust in whether your partner has the best will for both you and the institution of your little um, institution of marriage that you're in um what does it mean by lack of trust what do you think from a from a male perspective from a husband what does it mean when you feel like there's lack of trust from your perspective well i would start by saying all of the above so basically all of the things that you mentioned whatever the source of the distrust is if one of or both have gotten to the point where you can't rely on the other person to follow through on what they say or follow through on what they promise. Whether that's an oath, whether that's I'll make it a point to be home on time or I'll spend more time with you and the family. I'm going to be honest about you know, whatever. If I can't, tr- if you can't trust your partner, then how can you rely on anything? Well, I, okay. So to me, that's very general from a male perspective, you're the husband. What mm-hmm. is it ab- when you say lack of trust from me as your wife, what does that entail? What do you mean? What if I'm out there doing everything or really, I think that this is what I'm what I'm doing is helping the process, mm-hmm. but you feel a lack of trust. What is it that I would have to do that would create that in you that you feel like you couldn't trust me? That's what I want. I want to hear what it means when a man says, I don't trust my wife. Okay. So here's an example. So this isn't necessarily our experience, but it's a popular experience. If my wife has a lot of male friends. And I share with her that that makes me uncomfortable. And she says to me, oh, don't worry about it. You're, you're, you're just being sensitive. You disregard my concerns about a particular situation that makes me not trust you. 
that'll make me distrustful. Why? You don't trust that I have it under control? You don't trust that that's just, you know, those are friends. What happens here in my house is, you know, well, significant for us. They don't play a part. So why would you not trust me with male companionship that's outside of my... It's not that it's interfering with us. These are just people that I know. These are... I'm not talking about random acquaintances. Okay. Okay, good. I'm talking about people that she claims are, oh, that's my friend. That's my BFF. Everybody has acquaintances that they deal with in passing that they see Mm -hmm. that they know that's not what i'm referring to i'm referring to close male relationships that are not me so if i share that i'm concerned about that and the reason i'm concerned about that is because as a man i have a pretty good idea how men think okay and if i share that with you and say i have concerns about this that tells me that you're more concerned and you, and you disregard what I say. That mm-hmm. tells me you're more concerned about your relationship with them than you are your relationship with me. That makes me distrustful. So that that would be an example. Okay. All right. And I, I think from the same point of view, I mean, I would feel the same way mm-hmm. if you had BFFs mm-hmm. that were females. And I know that we've had experience with that, mm-hmm. you know, when people have reached out on Facebook and, mm-hmm. you know, how are you doing? 20, 30 years have passed by. Oh, how are you doing? I noticed you this or noticed that. Mm-hmm. And, you know, oh, you can send me your number. Oh, we can reach in touch. <laughs> and it's like, uh, no, uh, no, that take care of that or I'll take care of that. OK, that's actually a good example. That's a great example. Because you remember that, right? Yes. So now I want to ask you how you felt about that. Because I'll tell you what what my thinking was. So when this person reached out to me, Mm -hmm. I didn't think anything of it because I'm connected on Facebook with all of my exes. We haven't talked in years. But... Most of my exes were other classmates or something like that. And like I do with all my classmates, every once in a while we check in to see where everybody is. Mm-hmm. But beyond that, we have no no conversation. Right. So when this person reached out to me, mm-hmm. I lumped that into the same category. You immediately responded and said, no, in that. Correct. Now, in my thinking, what's the big deal? Why? Why is this a problem? Yeah, and so I was I kind of didn't do anything about it because I'm like oh she's overreacting but then you said something to me that resonated you said I don't have a problem with your connection with all of your other exes because those relationships came to their natural end that one did not that one was forced to an end so it's unrequited and that's why I have a problem with that yes I remember that. Now, when I kind of blew it off and said, oh, it's not that big a deal. What was your what was your thinking? My thinking was, um, I don't think he understands where this is going. Mm -hmm. 
I don't think he understands the potential for where this could go. Mm-hmm. And I was insistent because the next time and with you not observing it, the next time that person reached out to you, mm-hmm. it became more of an invitation. Yeah. And it was like to to um, it, it seemed like, oh, let's just catch up for old time's sake. Right. And it was like, uh, no, 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 no. What are you catching up for? Yeah, I'll be honest. I was slow on the uptake on that one. Yeah. Because it, there were, she reached out four times. Right. I, I responded to the first one. Right. Because I'm thinking, you know, oh, hey, guess who reached out to me? And that, after I responded, was when I mentioned it to you and you slammed the door on me. Right. And the subsequent times that she reached out, I could see the roadmap that you had laid out each instance it got to be a bit more awkward it's almost like she was trying to it's like she was testing the water right she was testing the water she was testing the waters and once it was obvious even to me i was like oh yeah no we're, we're we're done here and that ended that instance correct now for me for us it wasn't in a specifically an issue where this was a BFF or whatever. And we weren't in a position where you didn't necessarily trust me or I didn't give you reason to trust me. But if I had blown you off and if I had continued that conversation, yeah, it's one thing because your initial concern was her, not me. Her intentions, not mine. But if I had continued to pursue that after you had expressed a concern, mm-hmm. how would you have felt? Oh, yeah. I I would not have been the there would have been some trust issues. Right. I would have had I would have felt some kind of way. Because mm-hmm. I would have felt like you number one, you didn't validate mm-hmm. how I felt. You didn't take into consideration how this this was uncomfortable for me. Okay. Okay. So yes, I would I would and I would have now not trusted. I would have been reading, looking, right. investigating, trying to see where this was going. In fact, right. I probably would have reached out to her and said, what are you doing? Right. But it, but your concern would have switched from what is she up to, to why, Clarence, are you entertaining this? Correct. Now I have concerns about you. Right. Before it was her. But now you're opening the door. So now I have concerns about you. So now you have my undivided attention. Right. So, yeah, I think even though there are a number of of scenarios where, and some of them, will, this will actually touch on some of the following um, um, things on the list because it's so broad. This is, I think, a really good example of how something that one person might find harmless can actually be detrimental to the other person. Right. And by just ignoring it or downplaying it or not taking it seriously, we can cause more harm than we know, Mm -hmm. even innocently. So even if I don't think it's an issue, if it's a problem for you, it should be a problem for me. Right. So, yeah, number one, lack of trust. Whatever the source of it is, once I can't trust you, it affects how we work together across the board. Across the board. Because if I can't trust you here, there's a pretty good chance I can't, I can't trust, trust you in any, other areas. Right. Right. So I think that's 
that's a, a, a I'm glad you remember that because yeah. I had kind of forgotten about yeah. that. But that's a, a great example. So that's that also becomes one of the foundations mm-hmm. along with selfishness. Right. It's one of the building blocks. Well, I would say all of it is selfishness. Okay. Everything well, yeah. that goes yeah, wrong in a marriage is the result of selfishness on the part of one or both. Okay. Um, so moving on. Number two, um, frequent arguing. Oh, boy. So frequent arguing. What do we, everybody argues. Right. Everybody argues. And I, so I, we're not talking about the, the, the periodic arguments right. that happen. Because sometimes arguments are good for us to test the waters and to actually see where each other's priorities and where your headspace is. Mm-hmm. Sometimes a good argument, mm-hmm. um, it doesn't have to be a visceral and just like, well, we're not talking about spirited dis- disagreements. We're talking about knockdown dragouts here. Well, no. We're talking about where it's difficult to get through a conversation without conflict. Well, so, then that's a conflict issue. But that's now. what I'm talking about. We're not talking about situations where we have a, dif- a spirited difference of opinion. opinion. Right. Yeah, that's not what we're talking about. We're talking about we can't get anything done because we argue about everything. How do you, how do you get past that? What, why do you, why is that? You know what? I think when you, when you get to the point where, as you said, nothing, you can't get past anything. There's no peace in your house mm-hmm. because there's a consistent discourse mm-hmm. or discord in your home mm-hmm. where, you know, if I moved, if I came home and this shoe was out of place mm-hmm. instead of being here in one place and it was there or the, the kids weren't, um, taken care of mm-hmm. or this wasn't done or you didn't remember and whatever it is mm-hmm. every time we come home your house is not a place of peace mm-hmm. frequent arguing mm-hmm. that now becomes something for an outside intervention as far as i'm concerned well yeah i would say probably everything on this list requires an outside intervention it's, if if you're if the People are not willing to to come to some kind to come of sound re- understanding that we got to fix this. Then, yeah, it requires some sort of and even that requires agreement. What if you can't even agree on that? You can't even agree on that. I don't think anything is wrong. So then what do you do when one person says, you know, I'm, I'm OK with the way, that, way it is. And the other person is like, no, I don't like this. I don't want this. This is not what I want. I come home mm-hmm. or whatever. I want my family unit to be peaceful and cohesive. And then you have one person that's just like, I'm, I'm good with this. Maybe that's, maybe that's the kind of toxic environment they came up in. Well, if that's the case. And they don't see anything wrong with it. But that's not, then that's not resolvable, which is exactly why it's on this list. Well, the issue is, too, if you, there was arguments when you were dating. Mm-hmm. This just didn't turn on. After you said I do, there was this type of tension. People mm-hmm. show this kind of. So you had a chance to see, you know what? Is this something I want? Can I live with this kind of argumentative person? Can I mm-hmm. live with this person that is always in constant disagreement with everything that we do? We can't seem to come to any kind of. Um, what's the word? Come together. Right. You know what I mean? Right. On anything. I'll push back on that just a little bit. 
if you it's it's easy i shouldn't say it's easy it's possible for people to not be their true self if they're still looking to get something out of the deal so if people want to get married there are things they may hold back which is why we say when you're dating if there's something that bothers you a little bit now it's going to bother you a lot later because right now you don't the, the, your entire life is not resting on this but as you get further along after you get married now you have careers now you have children now you have all of these other things that happen you may have illness as you get even older now you've got um you have to deal with your with in-laws with with aging parents right you become a sandwich generation right and so those little those disagreements that seem to be okay now become much worse because if you haven't learned how to deal with that when there was a little bit of stress what happens now when there's all kinds of stress and everything is pulling you in multiple different directions so it's possible that while yes those traits were there they actually increase over time so while you thought you might have been able to deal with it it actually mushroomed and exploded later in life which is why when those red flags present themselves during the dating phase that's the time to address it not after you get married right. because now you're in it you need to address that before you get married so if you're at a place where you're arguing frequently nobody can come to a resolution and no one is willing to get or one or the other is not willing to get outside help to find a resolution not to the un, not to the umbrella problem but to the underlying problem of why you guys can't communicate effectively how can how can the relationship continue you remember um a long long time ago we used to well i used to i don't know if you ever watched any of them with me um those bridezillas yes because and, during that time i was actually a wedding photographer so yes okay and so you'd see i mean i know the stress of planning a wedding or whatever there's a lot of things that kind of are just moving parts mm -hmm. so of course people get stressed out but some of these people at the beginning of when they started recording these women i think as it went on i think a lot of them were just acting for mm -hmm. the camera stick and, and just mm -hmm. you know reality show but it seems like a lot of these women were just underlying they were just so i don't know where they found them everything was just was always a problem to the point where you would see, sorry to say this, it would almost look like it was wearing the fiancés down. Oh, it definitely was. I think today the name for those guys would be betas mm -hmm. because alphas don't stand for that. Guys who are confident don't deal with that nonsense. Only a, only a certain type of guy would accept that type of abuse. So today we'd call them betas. But that's so obvious there's no excuse that guy was getting exactly what he asked for because when she presented it when these women presented that behavior these guys married them anyway there were a couple of times when the guy walked away yeah but more often than not because of the nature of the show the guy went through with it he got married he dealt with that toxicity well if it was that bad before they got married what's going to happen after 
So you already know. You can look at that relationship on its face and know that's not going to last. That's not sustainable. So number two, continued arguing, continuous arguing is not sustainable and the relationship will not last. Will not last. And it, it will fail. And unless they both come to the conclusion that, you know what, we do want this to last, but we need the tools on how to make it we happen. We need to go get help. Then outside intervention from a professional. Right. Is needed, and I, when I mean a professional, right, a, th- a, a therapist, a marriage therapist who who can help them sort through that. Right. I would say all of these require outside intervention. They all require outside intervention. So everything on this list will end your marriage if you don't get help. Okay, that's why the, they're on the list. If you don't get help, these are relationship. These are marriage enders. Okay, every single one. Yeah, that's true. So. That leads right into this next one. Number three, disrespect. Well, disrespect is lack of trust too. Those two tend but, to be... But the lack of... The, the disrespect leads to, to lack, lack of, of trust. trust. Yes. But let's go back to what we were talking about just a minute ago, Bridezilla. The entire show, the entire premise of the show was watching the disrespect from the potential bride. Right. Right. The entire... There is no show without the disrespect. Some of these women were so way off base. Well, yeah, but there's, but that's just it. There's, there's no way to recover from that. If, if you're disrespectful and, and this is really, and we, we've heard this shared before. If you, if a man feels disrespected, he will respond in a way that feels unloving. And if the woman feels unloved, she will respond in a way That's that feels disrespectful. disrespectful. Yeah. So it's a lack of respect across the board. You have to respect your partner. You have to respect their opinions. You have to respect uh, the positions they take. You may not always agree with them, but you have to respect the fact that they have these opinions and you have to somehow come to an agreement about those differences. But however you work through that, whether, again, it's the lack of trust or, or whether you're arguing, you have to do it respectfully. And, that, and I think another thing, too, it might seem trivial, but when you're, when you're in public, when you're amongst friends, Ooh, yeah. that right there, yeah. you, you need to be so careful. Yeah. On how you treat each other, mm-hmm. because the way you treat each other in front of family and friends and public, mm-hmm. it almost invites the public to treat you, treat to disrespect. So if you disrespected me in public, right, it almost invites people to disrespect me also. Oh, yeah. I've seen that happen, too. Yeah. Yeah. It invites them. It gives them permission. But look at how these all these first uh, um, three areas feed off each other. Disrespect will cause will lead to a lack of trust. Mm-hmm. Yeah, which will then lead to frequent arguing. Frequent arguing. Because now I can't trust you to defend me or to make sure that. I'm safe when we go out in public. 
it's one thing if the world is going to attack me. I don't expect you to attack me right. in public. Even right. if we disagree, we save that conversation sure. when we're alone. Exactly. But if you attack me in public, yeah, now I don't trust you at all. And what a lot of, particularly what a lot of women don't understand is for most men, for any man that's worth his salt, you get one shot. You get one shot. You disrespect me in public. I got your number now. Wife or no wife? Wife or no wife? I got your number now. I don't trust you. I do not trust you. Now, can you recover from it? Absolutely. But if we don't go get the help that we've been talking about and we process this where I express how it made me feel, you understand how it made me feel and we resolve that issue, then we're stuck where we are. We're stuck where we are. And I'm sure that would be the same for you. If, yeah. if, if we're in out in public and I rail on you in front of people. Yeah. You definitely going to have well, some thoughts about that. Yeah. As you should. Right. Total shutdown. Yeah. Yeah. Because for, for a woman, if you rail on me like that mm-hmm. in public, I don't look at it as disrespectful. I looked at look at it as, oh, he doesn't love me. Why is he going to mm-hmm. treat me this way? Well, if that's how he feels, he can go sit down. And what does that do to your sense of security? If I can behave that way I have in none. public. I have none. And I don't tr- and I don't trust you, and you to protect tr- me either. There you go. If you can do this to me in public, what can you do to me in private? Correct. Yeah. That's that's a heavy one. Yeah, that's that's a real that's a heavy, heavy one. All right. So, um, number four, also connected. Also connected. It's almost like they yes. they go in in order. Yes. Number four is lack of intimacy. Well, if I'm disrespected, mm-hmm. if I can't trust you, mm-hmm. if we're arguing, intimacy is out the door. Intimacy is out the door. You have to be. What is that? Sadist. Yeah, you would kind of no, 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 not, no. You'd have to be a masochist. Masochist, yes. To go through all of that and be able to and be still intimate, want to be intimate. Yeah, you you got to be able to. You have to have a mind where you've compartmentalized all of that, and this is just right. another job. Right. Yeah. I don't. I don't know how you could. I mean, but that's that's not intimacy though. That's just sex. That's just contact. That's right. not intimacy. Right. That's. That's a machine functioning. There's no, it just is what it is. Right. But there's no intimacy there. So now that's if that's in keeping with all of these other things. Let's take intimacy out of this particular um, arena. And let's just say we're doing all right. Otherwise, we're just busy. We don't make time for intimacy. Because there are a lot of other legitimate things that require our time. The kids require our time. Our job requires our time. Let's say we have parents that we're dealing with. Our parents require our time. Yeah. All of those are legitimate demands on our time. And there are only so many hours in a day. Only so many hours in the day. So what do we what do you do? You have to do so now you have to and it's unfortunate, but I think we get so caught up with life mm-hmm. that we put that 
part of a couple sometimes put that part of themselves on a back burner mm-hmm. hoping to okay one day we'll get around to it one day <laughs> right. we'll get around to it not and realize, one day doesn't come and one, one day, day turns into six, six months to six months eight months turns into a year right turns into and then just the um the lack of that starts to wear on each person right because then you realize that you're growing apart the intimacy is right. supposed to help you come together so that you can create these bonds between the two of you while mm-hmm. you manage life while you go through the process mm-hmm. of of um raising children and dealing with ad- parents and dealing with jobs and mm-hmm. dealing with obligations mm-hmm. and all of this you know these things that we're trying to um achieve mm-hmm. but then we forget that little thing which is just that little glue mm-hmm. that helps us so that we can achieve all of this mm-hmm. and then that we're not taking that serious enough that breaks down and then everything else breaks down and then then we lose everything so everything right. that you're striving for everything you're trying to do right falls apart over that just but if you this goes back to what we said earlier the the marriage begins with the husband and wife everybody else joins along yeah so if we start putting other things before that right. we change that those priorities around then relationships are spent in time the less time you spend together the less of a relationship you have and phys- whether it's physical intimacy whether it's emotional intimacy all of that stuff matters and for for men physical intimacy is how they connect without physical intimacy men cannot connect men feel love through sex women have to feel loved to have sex god's got a funny sense of humor it re- sex is requires the couple to work together in order for the husband to get what he needs he has to meet the wife's need in order for the wife to get what she needs she has to meet the husband's need and their needs are opposite you know, it's just a pity that people don't understand that when you're starting out right to to really kind of understand that theory mm-hmm. you know and it's unfortunate because a lot of people get married and they don't realize wow there's just a lot of there's a lot of psychology yeah. that goes into a marriage and the fact that you're trying to figure it out on your own mm-hmm. And in the process of trying to figure it out on your own, sometimes you never figure it out and it falls apart. And think about it, because a lot of our parents were uncomfortable having these kinds of conversations. Yes. We didn't learn we this didn't from learn our parents. We didn't learn this. We didn't learn this from our nope. parents. Nope. And so we... we and cha- I'm sorry. And chances are they were uncomfortable sharing it with us because their parents were uncomfortable sharing it with them. Okay. So then little sidebar. Mm-hmm. How come a lot of those people lasted? What is it that made them last? Ah, you ready for this? This actually takes us kind of into a new topic, but we'll come back. It's because they understood that the primary purpose of marriage was not happiness. It was duty. 
the purpose of hap- the purpose of marriage is duty. The purpose of marriage is service. Happiness occurs when everyone is served according to their need. When you get when I make sure you get what you need and you make sure that I get what I need, the result is that we are happy. Oh. Oh. Happiness is the byproduct is of byproduct. service. Oh. It is not the goal huh. of marriage. Why? Because our hap- our moods change. It's impossible to be happy all the time. So you're telling me that if my marriage, if my commitment is tied to my to the level of happiness, well, when I'm not happy, what happens to my level of commitment? goes out the window because I'm not happy. Unfortunately, this is why the majority of divorces are followed by women because the decision is emotional. Mm. The minute I'm not happy, I'm leaving. It's not about being happy. It's about service and duty. Why don't men leave? Generally speaking, because men are groomed in a different way to respond to the obligation of duty that they have. Uh, interesting. I am not a man. Society does not view me as a man if I don't provide, if I don't protect. Those are duties. Those are duties. And those what, aren't feelings. No. And whether she appreciates it or not is less of an issue. We want to be appreciated, but my identity, how I view myself is largely dependent on how well I'm able to fulfill those duties that have been assigned to me. Mm. My view of myself is lessened if I'm unable to do those things. That's why men are less likely to to leave because they recognize that there is a duty that needs to be performed. Okay, so that means, so if I understand correctly, Mm -hmm. it seems like as women, we have forgotten that our role is also duty. Yes. Okay. All right. Everybody's role is it's duty. duty. Okay. You can't Our, just have duty on one side and every correct. and oh happiness on the no. It's a this is a role that you're playing. Correct. Well, it's like okay, let's go back to our, always our example, rowing the boat. Right. I can't if you're rowing the boat and I'm supposed to row the boat, I can't just say, "Well, I'm just going to feel I feel like I'm going to roll it this time." Or, "Oh, it's getting too hard." Oh, right. So that's the feeling. No, the duty is we both row this boat together so that we both can be successful because the the goal is to have a functional unit in society, which is called family, Mm -hmm. which is successful. Correct? Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Okay. So again, you're good at this. Perfect segue into the next topic. The next topic, different values and different goals. That's exactly what we're talking about now. Yeah. The, 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 we both have to be 
on the same page, understanding that we have jobs to do. Our jobs are different, but they are equally important. They don't have to be the same to be important. Gender roles serve a function. I don't know why. Well, I know why, but it doesn't make sense to me that that's an issue now. There's, that's not profane to say. If I'm making a cake, I've got flour, I've got eggs, I've got milk or water, I've got maybe baking powder, some sugar, whatever the ingredients are. All of those ingredients are vastly different from each other. They are all required, but the function they serve in the making of the cake are different and none, the flour can't do what the eggs do. But they're all necessary. The milk can't do what the sugar does. Mm -hmm. It requires each ingredient doing its part so that the whole becomes what it was designed to be. Right. The fact that I'm bigger, stronger, faster does not in any way diminish the fact that you are softer and weaker. You don't necessarily want somebody who's always strong um, manhandling your children. <laughs> there might come a time when that child needs a tender touch, when that child needs a softer hand. Each person brings something different but the whole is what is required to make the cake rise. So just because what I do is different than what you than different from what you do doesn't devalue what you do. We got to get rid of that mindset. Yeah. Those are the values that we're talking about. We yeah. have different values. If you are in competition with me, if I'm in competition yeah. with you, yeah. you've heard it said too many cooks spoil the soup. Somebody's got to be the head chef, executive chef. Somebody's got to be sous, sous chef. chef. Somebody's got to be prep chef. Right. Somebody's got to be dishwasher. Right. Or the kitchen doesn't function. Right. Somebody's got to be the server. Somebody's got to get the food out of there. Right. So all these parts, all there's there are a lot of moving parts, and right. there are a lot of parts that that um, equate to the success. Right. And that's I think that's what people don't understand. People think that oh. I need to be just as competitive as this person, or I need to have the same goals mm -hmm. as this person. So I, I, I knew this um, lady that once that worked for me and it was interesting because she was a nurse and she was in real estate and she was, and she was married mm -hmm. and they got a divorce. And I was surprised that they got a divorce because of culturally where they're from they don't really get divorces. Mm -hmm. And one thing she said to me, and he always stuck with me, she said, you know, he was also a, in a realtor and I was a realtor and we were always competing to see who could do better than the other one. And I'm like, why do you want to mm -hmm. compete? Why right. not? You, imagine instead of competing, both of you all came together and mm -hmm. what force would it have made if you, with that type of competitiveness, that both of you come together, that kind of energy would have made you even more successful. Remember, you compete against your enemy. You compete against your foe, not against your friend. Okay. So 
when you are competing, you are in order for you to win, your partner has to lose. That's not win-win. Well, we we know of we know of, and I won't mention his name, but we know of someone very famous mm-hmm. who stated when when his wife, who was just as educated and who was just as driven as he was, mm-hmm. and when she wanted to help mm-hmm. build what they their successful business, mm-hmm. and because she became so good at it, mm-hmm. he felt. Like, oh, he felt threatened. He felt threatened. So he did everything and literally sabotaged his he, own marriage. He undermined and her. And undermined her. Right. And the lady didn't want a salary. Right. All she wanted was all the clothes in the world mm-hmm. and ability to go wherever and run run the right. business, however, that right. part of the business. But he, he didn't want anybody to take his, his spot in the sun. So he was competing against his enemy. Right. And so then that became a, uh, from what I've read, it seems like that individual just with that kind of um, lack of goals and values, Mm -hmm. he even sabotaged his own marriage. Well, same thing happened in the royal family. Diana. Well, yeah. Diana, by being, simply by being herself, made the royal family look bad because her values were very different than their values. Mm -hmm. So whenever there's a situation in a relationship where the values don't match, the goals don't match, all of this stuff is going to happen. You guys are going to argue. Yeah. There's going to be lack of trust. There's going to be lack of trust. All all of this stuff is going to come straight together. It all comes together again. So let's move on to number six. Number six, lack of emotional support. Oh, boy. And we said emotional support, but I'll say support in general. Again, this goes back to, this is going to feed into lack of trust. Lack of trust. If I, if you make me believe that you're not there for me, I can't trust you. Right. And it, there's only so much of that I can take. Once I realize I'm in the fight by myself. Yeah. Or once you realize that you're rowing the boat right by, by yourself, yourself, you're not going to help me. Nope. This goes back to the, the gender role thing that we talked about. There are some people who are so cemented in gender roles. The fact that I have a particular job doesn't mean that I may not need help doing that job on occasion. People go to their jobs and I might finish my job and I walk around and say, hey, I'm done with my work. You need any help with yours? We have no problem doing that at work. But we can't do it at home. So if you say to me, hey, babe, I need some help with this. And I'm like, now nah, that's 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 a you thing, babe. I, I, don't, I don't do that. What does that say? Right. It's disrespectful. It's going to lead you to not trust me. Yeah. We're definitely going to argue about it. Yeah. Again, all of these things are connected because once we're arguing about it, there is no intimacy. That's right. Emotional or physical. Yeah. Every but everything is shut down. All of these things overlap. They all overlap. Yep. 
But, you know, also emotional support on both sides mm-hmm. can, w- when there's a lack of it, as you said, it's easy for a door to be open because humans, as humans, we seek emotional support. Mm-hmm. We seek, whether it's from friends or whatever, we're reading or whatever, we seek to soothe. It's almost like you want to soothe mm-hmm. that hole or you want to soothe that wound or or the pain. Mm-hmm. And so when you're lacking emotional support, it's easy for a door to be open. Right. And the moment there is there, because mm-hmm. it's, it's almost like it creates a vacuum mm-hmm. and it just vacuums need to be filled. Right. Okay. That is the law of physics. Mm-hmm. So if something, when you're lacking emotional support, it's easy for that vacuum to be filled by an mm-hmm. outside source. Mm-hmm. Very, very easy. Right. I mean, somebody can see you looking sad. Somebody can see you, just disconnected they can look in your face and say you know what something and all they have to do is say hey how you doing what Mm -hmm. what's going on and all they have to do is listen right right it's very again all of that all of this that we're saying these are all marriage enders yeah they're all marriage enders some will end a marriage sooner than others but at the end of the day they all lead the same place we we, we can't work together. We're not firing on all cylinders. Do you remember that um, that little movie tidbit? I don't know where, snippet that you showed me where the guy came home and his wife was saying, was arguing with him and saying mm. something like, what is it about her? Is she better? Is she prettier? Is she this? I, I'm this, I'm that. Right. And you what left her and he just sat there and looked and said, in other words, she gives me emotional support. Right. He says she doesn't she, argue. She doesn't with yell me. at me. She doesn't. She yell doesn't at make me. me feel stupid. She doesn't make me feel. She's stupid. nice to me. She's right. nice to me. She respects me. She she doesn't. I am not the source of her happiness. You know. So it's all these right. things. The last the last line is the is the powerful one. He said she doesn't make me feel like the only thing keeping her from being happy is me. Yeah. 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 So if if that emotional support is not there, that door can be opened. I've anybody can open that door. Anybody can open that door. Once the door is open, it's a vacuum. Emotional support, lack of emotional support to me is like a vacuum. Right. And vacuums fit or by the laws of physics, a right. vacuum must be filled. Right. Right. We're human. Mm-hmm. We we are part of that physics. We're social. We, We're social. We need connection. We, we need connection. We need connection. Yeah. So we're on to number seven. And number seven is lack of effort. You have to put the effort in. And if you can't put that effort in, as far as I'm concerned, unless you have a physical ailment mm-hmm. that prevents you from doing that, mm-hmm. or, or you have a mental disability, Mm-hmm. I mean, we've seen people with Down syndrome get married and mm-hmm. are just as dutiful right. in their marriages. Mm-hmm. And they have a, a, an issue. Right. So when it says lack of effort, why? Lack of effort means taking something for granted. It, I, I would say that a lack of effort 
is both active and passive. Okay. That Break lack that of effort, a passive lack of effort is laziness. An active lack of effort is I'm just not doing it. Okay. I'm unwilling to do the work that is required. So it's either by choice or by omission. But you know what I always wonder? You had this, you had this F, lack of effort before you got married. This wasn't something that happened when you said I do. Mm-hmm. There's a concept in psychology called love bombing. Oh, all right. Break because down. when you, when that person is trying to acquire their partner, whatever, you know, whoever it is, when they're trying to acquire, they are on their best behavior. They're going to go over and above to make that person feel like this is the best thing since sliced bread, that they are the best thing since sliced bread. It's a bait and switch. Now, it takes some real conniving to do that long term, but it happens. It happens a lot. And this is why I recommend that people not get married after, without dating for at least two years. Because the longer you date, the harder it is to keep that hidden. The longer people are together, the more comfortable they are around each other, letting some of that stuff show through. You can hide it for six months, eight months, maybe even a year, maybe a year, you know, maybe over a year. But a couple of years is, is a good baseline where generally most of the stuff that should be disqualifying has been exposed. And you should be looking for it. You should be looking for it. So, yeah, it's possible that that stuff happens later people aren't usually that good at hiding it so yeah you're right it it does show up early but people are if you don't give enough time and you're not paying close enough attention that stuff can sneak through so could it also be a part of after a while you just become complacent and you're just like Ugh. well there's that too so let's go back to what we were saying before we are we get older we get busier there's more things and as far as the relationship goes you're like eh. I'm just, I'm tired. I don't have time. I got to do this. I got to do that. And then you get angry at the person who says, I'm not getting what I need. Well, don't you see I have all this other stuff to do? Okay. All right. Now I'm going to start pulling back. Because when I came to you and said, I have this issue. I'm lacking. This need is not being met. Your response was not, okay. Let me see if I can make some adjustments. Your response was you got angry at me because I had a need. Because I had a need that you agreed to fill. Yeah. When you got married, you agreed to fill that need. To fill that need. Just like I agreed to fulfill your need. That's duty. That's service. That's where we are. So those are our seven. Lack of trust. Frequent arguing, disrespect, lack of intimacy, different values and goals, um, lack of emotional emotional support, support, and and a lack lack of effort. effort. Any and all of those things can end our deal breakers. Our deal breakers. They are marriage enders. Unless you go get the counseling you need 
to work through those issues. But or ne- you just determine to say, you know what? I think we have some issues. You you become informed and mm-hmm. you're like, okay, I see what's going on. Mm-hmm. I think I have an idea what's going on. Listen, what do we need to do? Can we resolve this on our own or should we go for help? Maybe we need to get the tools. Mm-hmm. And I always say, get the tools. Well, I, I If agree. you want a garden, you don't just sit there and say, okay, let me... Let me um, dig with my fingers. Get mm-hmm. the tools that's going to make it easier and make your garden grow and be successful. Mm-hmm. Well, I agree. Any one of these can probably be managed if people are intentional about realizing that there's a problem and being committed to solving the problem. Right. But if you've got several of these... yeah. Yeah, you probably need some need outside some, intervention yeah. because knowing where to start can be a challenge. Right. right. You need to talk to somebody. Right. And and lay it all out and let them help you sort through it. Correct. Cuz you could be coming with a lot of stuff including baggage that you didn't even realize that you had. Correct. And how that affects the way you deal with certain certain of these any that's one of where, these seven. That's where all of this comes from. Right. There were things that were brought into the marriage that were not addressed. And so if we don't find a way to deal with it, we'll be one more marriage on the divorce heap. On the divorce heap. On the divorce heap. And with that. We end this episode. I I think I like these seven, these uh, seven signs. You like? Yeah, I I like that. Seven signs. I like the list because it gives people things to think about Mm -hmm. you know i always say go out and become an informed Mm -hmm. individual when it comes to marriage take this list study it and see what you if there's any of these that affect you that you Mm -hmm. see might be coming you might have one you might have two Mm -hmm. you might have all of them what can you do to make this better if you want to put in the time and the Mm -hmm. work Mm -hmm. to to make this happen so. Your marriage is just as much a job as your nine to five. As your nine to five. In fact, it's more important. Right. Thanks, guys. Please like, share, subscribe. I will make the announcement that we are working on a book. The book's called The Marriage Mindset. And we will uh, keep you guys posted as to yeah. when that is made available. Um, it's actually going to be, it's kind of a fun endeavor. It's kind of a fun endeavor. Yeah, it's taking this to another level to see what we yeah. can do to help. And um want to thank you for allowing us into your space and into your homes. And hope that this helps. We can only do this from our perspective, you know, right. to help others. All right. All right. We'll see you guys in the next one. All right.